Hey guys, this is Kendra. And this is Jessica. And you're listening to Lucid Lab. So we're back for part two of the Stanley Hotel. It sucked to have to cut it in two, but it did. We don't want to like overwhelm you. No, especially starting out. But I hope you guys really enjoyed the first part. I thought I it was it. important. I love history. Yeah. And we yeah. need to learn about Freeland. Like I said, he was a good guy and Freeland, not Freeman. That's right. I did say his name <laughs> wrong a few times. So don't come at us. Yeah. Don't come at us. Sorry. But <laughs> now I'm really excited because we get to talk about the paranormal part today. But before we jump into that, I just want to see how are you doing today, Jessica? You know, I'm feeling a little good. A little bit more energy. Are you sleeping a little better, maybe? No. <laughs> you know how, like, you you just have those moments where you're super, super tired, and then you just get that burst of energy. So, so I'm you're in your, that, like, so I'm in that right wind. now, and so, like, <laughs> let's take advantage of it for a couple of hours. Yeah, we okay. got to talk some more. Yeah. Fortunately, I'm the one talking most of today, but good. I need yeah. your energy to keep me going. I like to ask questions. Yeah. Or confuse you. One of the two. So I was thinking that we should, I thought it was really fun last time when we talked about our co-star. Oh yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. We didn't do yeah. that on the last episode. We, we won't do it every single time, but no. I just thought it would be fun. I haven't looked at mine yet today. Me so either. Let's take a look. Okay. Mine says, write your feelings in a letter. It also told me, don't doubt yourself. Well, I need this, to aw. be confident today. I love that. So I want to read my do's and don'ts because they're always fun. Um, it says, do... Beach hair. Beach hair? Like chairs sit in? Beach hair. Like, you oh, know, wavy. Beach. Beachy waves. Beach I thought it was hair. <laughs> Separate your words, Kendra. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, well, you're technically kind of sitting in a beach chair. I am. Yeah, that's Get true. <laughs> or you're technically being a chair right now. I am being a chair. But it's kind of hard to do beach hair. Like it's beachy not. waves it's in Colorado. We don't have any ocean nearby. I'd have to like get a s- bottle with salt in it and water and, and kind of fake it. I can do that for you. <laughs> it also says to do outdoor showers. That's the same fucking thing. I'm not doing an outdoor shower. It's like 45 degrees outside today. That's okay. That's good weather. I'll do a hot tub. <laughs> and then it says do mud masks. I can do a mud mask. That sounds so nice. You already did all this yesterday. That's true. I had a facial yesterday. You're right. It's just behind the times. (laughs) It got lost. Why are my don'ts always words I can't pronounce? (laughs) Hubris. Is that how you say it? Hubris. I always have to take your phone. It's like being haughty, right? Like hubris. Hubris. I think that's when you think you're smarter than someone. I don't know. We'll find out. Who knows? Don't captive audience. Oh, but you guys are kind of a captive audience. But she's reading this a day late. We already figure that out so that's true stay captive you're not captive you can turn us off at any moment but please don't <sighs> don't coyness i won't be coy it's part of who you are though i am kind of coy sorry playing coy <laughs> <laughs> okay well those are my do's and don'ts let's see if you have a better one all right so my day says and i've heard this a million times since my spiritual awakening <laughs> Sorry. It's literally, if you had one and you end up on TikTok and you hear this, I'm sorry, you will hear it a thousand more times. 
<laughs> Let's hear it. It's similar. Breaking a pattern can mean cutting some losses. No shit, Sherlock. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you gotta, what is you gotta, it? You gotta cut people out of your life and you're gonna, gonna have to You gotta take break that a loss. few eggs to make an omelet. That's I mean, the other. Like, yes. Sorry. Okay. Anyway. So that was very cliche. That is the one thing that I'm tired of hearing. I'm like, we're aware. Yes. That if we need things to change, there are certain things that we you're gonna need lose to along the way. remove yeah. from our lives. And that's cool. Cool. Now everybody gets to just like use that verbiage and just like shove it in your face and be like, (laughs) listen to me. Oh, it also adds an extra thing that says from today through tomorrow, are you seeing things as black and white? We talked about that in Lucid Dreaming last time. Remember the people who dream in black and white? I did say that. So my do is seltzer. Are you drinking a seltzer right now? Not at the moment, but it is a daily, a snack bowl. Oh, man, I didn't bring a good snack bowl today. I did bring a cookie for us later. Encyclopedias. Nobody uses encyclopedias anymore. We use the internet. Is that like Wikipedia? Well, which in some cases is a form of it. Yeah. My don'ts are tuning out. I've tried not to be tuned out today. Please don't because then I'll feel really (laughs) lonely if I look over and you've got a glazed over look. My other one is fake smiles. That doesn't seem like you. It's not. You're not a fake person. Like you're not. We're going to know if you're not. I mean, you probably Seriously, have to put on a like, fake smile. I'm with, honestly like taken apart sometimes by people because I'm not giving them my fake smile. Oh, like when people tell you you should like, smile more. They're like, just like be a good person. And I'm like, I am. But I'm why just not smiling I, today. I'm pissed off right now. What did I say in the first episode? Bitch face. Yeah. Resting I'm bitch sorry, face. but it's not. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It will never have anything to do with you ever. I think I'm, a fake smile is worse than a resting bitch face in my opinion, but that's just me. What is my, I don't even know how to smile. <laughs> You're smiling right now. <laughs> because I love you. Jessica smiles okay. at me a lot. <laughs> and then my last don't is polka dots. Mm, no polka dots here. We're I'm good. not a, I, I will agree. I'm not a polka dot person. I don't think I have many I will, polka dot I will things either. I literally never choose anything specifically because of. Polka dots. So we're good. Yeah. Polka dots. They sound fun. Polka dot. (laughs) Polka dots. Polka dots. Polka dots. dots. Well, that was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Check out CoStar if you aren't already on that app. Maybe one day they'll sponsor us if we keep mentioning them. Yeah. We're going to jump into the Stanley Hotel again. We talked about the history last time. Kind of left you hanging for the juicy part. I didn't want you to, but it's kind of getting a little long. And I we, just, we just, yeah. we weren't sure. I so. did a lot of research. I wanted you yeah. guys to hear it all. But yeah, now we're going to jump into the fun part. But we still need to learn a little bit more about the building, right? You're right. I did okay. leave off after the history. So I am going to start out and tell you about the hotel first. And then we will jump into the ghostly part. Awesome. Well, so now I want to get into the Stanley Hotel itself. It's a magnificent building. It's beautiful. For anyone who's been there, Mm -hmm. you will notice as you drive into Estes Park, it is kind of a valley and this hotel sets up on the hill. So Stanley actually chose, he was very strategic about where he put the Stanley Hotel. He wanted it to be up there. He wanted it to have the best vantage point in Estes Park. Similar to his house, it has the veranda that's overlooking Long's Peak, which is the big central point of Rocky Mountain National Park. Some people say they feel like it's eerily looking down on the town, but this was quite the feat of architecture and top of the line, as I mentioned earlier, when it opened 
It actually opened on July 4th, oh. 1909. So as okay. you can imagine, there was probably fireworks and like a big to-do mm-hmm. um, when it opened. And what do I mean by top of the line? So the Stanley was the first hotel to be fully electric. It also had a steam laundry, which was not common in the time. And, you know, the brothers liked the steam. All their rich friends were coming to stay. Yes, they had, had to impress to them. Equipped. They wanted yeah. them to stay and have posh parties. Yep. It had a hydraulic elevator. It had telephones in the guest rooms that, that wasn't oh, done. Wow. And there were 48 guest rooms when it was first built. And each pair shared a bathroom. And the bathrooms were connected to the rooms. This was not common back then. When you stayed at a hotel, there would be community bathrooms. Okay. So... That was a big deal. You were sharing, but sharing okay. with one other room was Is that still how it good. is? Because we haven't stayed there. It is not. Um, okay. It's been renovated several times. This okay. was the original. The bathrooms also had running tap water, which I kind of mentioned earlier since he built water company to do that. Mm-hmm. This is also not something running tap was not big at the time. Right. So everybody was hearing about this hotel and they're like, I got to see this because it was like new. He did also equip everything. It was a first fully electric hotel, but he knew that when they were building and I'm bringing this up because it's going to come into play, built it where there would be gas lanterns in all of the rooms because with it being new, he didn't want like the electricity to go out for some reason. So they also had that option where you could light gas lanterns or if there were storms because it is Colorado and in the mountains, we get a lot of storms. My power went out randomly the other day. Yeah, you never know. You never know. There's been so much wind this year. Crap out of me because everything in my room kicked back on really. And of course, it was like 3.20 in the morning. And all the witching hour almost. It was crazy. So the outside of the hotel was built in a Georgian style. This was not something you would have ever seen in Colorado at the time. It was something that was very popular with the East Coast socialites. The style of the hotel contrasted with the rustic style of all the other lodges in Estes Park. So it stood out even more. It was not an uncommon choice. Like I mentioned on the East Coast, Um, it wasn't uncommon for the size and the quality of the hotel for this time period. It was just odd to be in the Colorado mountains looking this beautiful. Yeah. It was originally painted a yellow, and I'm going to mispronounce this, ochre, O-C-H-E-R, ochre, ochre color. Okay. And then it had white accents and trim. And I actually have a picture of the original. Okay. And I will post that to the socials because it looks quite different. In 1935, when it was later renovated, that's when it was changed to the white color that everyone knows it for today. Right. But it was originally yellow. Yeah, I do want to see those. So the floor plan of the main hotel was laid out to accommodate the popular activities back at that time of the American upper class. So they built the music room and it had cream colored walls, pictures, classical plaster work. So it was very ornate and it was designed for letter writing during the day. So that's what the upper (laughs) class like to do during the day, apparently, is write letters. Don't we have phones? They have phones, but they're still writing letters because not everybody has phones. So Okay. While well, you might have a phone in your room, who are you calling? Because most people don't have phones. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> and then at night, they would play chamber music. That was more of the feminine, like the women would hang out and write letters all day and maybe, you know, practice calligraphy. And then they would listen to chamber music at night. And then there was the masculine side where all the men would hang out. And that was the smoking lounge. It's called the pinion room today. Um, And it had an adjoining billiard room and it was dark stained wood. So you can see like the opposite, like the music room was all light and pretty and ornate and windows.
windows and then you have the dark rustic stained wood I am both room. <laughs> I am too I'd want to hang out in both yeah and then it had a big granite arch fireplace for men to sit and drink scotch brandy whatever and smoke they their cigars. and smoke their cigars actually Stanley as I mentioned before was raised in a very conservative household so he did not drink and being that he had tuberculosis he did not drink cigars but he, he built didn't this. drink cigars <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> that would be really gross. Um, he did not smoke cigars. Yeah. <laughs> but he knew that that was an essential, you know, to attract that upper yeah. level sure. man. He's going to need his place. So he built that for them. But he was quite the pull shark, apparently. Billiards was a big thing for Freeman Stanley. So am I. Are you? I am. I have some stories to that. But yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to give out my history of my life to everybody just yet. No. Some things are a little sensitive, but... Yes, I Keep used to play pole for a long time and my daughter exists because of it. Ooh, that sounds <laughs> like a good story say. for the future. <laughs> so outside of the main building, there's the concert hall. And this is a really sweet story. Freeman actually built this for his beloved wife, Flora, mm-hmm. because she was very into piano playing. Mm-hmm. modeled this after the Boston Symphony Hall, which is what they were familiar with. So it's a beautiful, ornate building. They built a stage there for theatrical performances, and it features a trap door so Ooh. that people can go in and out. Yeah. And that's still there today. And then he built the lower level as a two-lane bowling alley because that was one of his other oh favorite goodness. hobbies. Me too. <laughs> Unfortunately, the bowling alley is not there anymore. Oh, that they ripped it out. Um. I wish it was still there. That would be a really cool cool history piece to go see. And there's like concerts there today. And if you go on the ghost tour, you go into the concert hall because there is a lot of activity there, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was built as a gift to Flora. So she had a place to play her piano and host, you know, famous musicians and put theatrical presentations on. So, okay, we will be going back. Absolutely. Again and again. I, I want to go like a thousand times. Yeah. Especially now I know even more. Like I never knew yeah. this level of detail it's just about the Stanley. expensive. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you want to stay in some of the fun rooms. And they are booked out years, some of them. Yes. So then there was a smaller hotel and it's still there today. And it's between the main structure and the concert hall. And it's basically the main hotel on like a uh, scaled down version. Okay. Unlike, and I didn't mention this earlier, the hotel was not heated. Because he hadn't gotten that smart yet. Well, the plan was this was a summer resort. So they did not build it with heating because it was only going to be open in the summertime. But when he built this manor, it was called the Stanley Manor. And it was in between the, like I said, the hotel and the concert hall. He did make sure this was fully heated. And I think it was because they planned, the Stanley family planned to use it as a winter resort when the main building was closed for the season. So either they could come there or some of their friends could come stay there in the winter time. If okay. you could get up the roads, I don't know how you would have gotten up the roads at Is that this time. Is this the one like if you're looking down the city again from the main building, it's the one that's like it's like directly right below right. you. So the main building and then to the right is the, it's called the lodge, I think today. And then, oh, and then okay. the concert hall. Okay, so okay. it's kind of in the, in the middle. Okay. So Stanley built this thinking that at some point Estes Park might become like a ski resort similar to Vail and Breckenridge, but Estes Park never took off as a ski resort. So that manor was basically never used. It was Mm -hmm. empty most of the year. So I also want to mention that Stanley's steam car played a pivotal role in the hotel's operation. They wanted to use that and you'll still see like some models of that today. I think there's a car in front of the hotel. But he built a 12-seat model of his steam car to transport guests up and down from Denver. Mm -hmm. And it was From Denver? Yeah, because that's where everybody would come to. And then 
or maybe it was from Boulder. So he rated the I don't first know, don't quote bus me. too. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, this guy just <laughs> best guy ever. It was marketed as the mountain wagon is what they called it. And it actually became really popular and other resorts throughout the U.S. started using these 12 car well, yeah, makes buses sense. Yeah. to get people there. Other notable spots on the hotel grounds include a large garden area with fountains. There was a carriage house, a gatehouse, a manager's cottage, and my favorite, a small pet cemetery built to bury the caretaker's lost beloved animals. Where is that? It's still there today. We need to go during the day. Yeah. I've gone at night and during the day. We went back in the day to see the pet cemetery specifically. So the hotel was booming, as you can imagine. Everybody was coming out here. But at one point, Freeman, as he got older, he was like, I'm tired of running a hotel. I just want to chill. He created his own trust and put the hotel into that trust. But unfortunately, when he stopped funding it, it wasn't making enough money to keep itself supported and mm. they fell into bankruptcy. Oh no. And Freeman all that time. I know. That's it was really sad. sad. He's done so much. He's done so much. And then in 1929 he was like, I'm not gonna let my hotel go into bankruptcy and he purchased it back himself. Oh. With more money. It has changed hands many, many times. It's gone through several expansions, adding more guest rooms. By the 1970s, however, this once majestic hotel had fallen into grave disrepair two years of neglect and lack of investment back into it. The Stanley could have easily been demolished had it not been for a bizarre and fateful occurrence that brought a now well-known author to the hotel to have a most famous nightmare. Ooh, who is it? I who wonder. Would it be? Oh my gosh. Well, let's talk about Stephen King. I was obsessed with Stephen King. King in junior high. He was my favorite author. I read all his books. So I think that's another reason I wanted to do this episode. I mean, he's, isn't he like still here? Yeah. Stephen King is yeah. still here. He's so. still writing and still yeah. doing, oh, yeah. and still doing work. So Stephen so that King makes us special too. So he had just written, so he was newly in his career at this time. He had only written two books. So Carrie. Oh, which everyone loves Carrie. Two. Yeah. And Salem's Lot. Okay. So those were both set in the small towns, as everyone knows, in Maine. Mm-hmm. Castle Rock, Maine is his part. And he was like, I need a change of pace. I need to go somewhere different. So he wanted to spend a year away from Maine so that his next novel would have a different sort of background and not everything was in Maine. Right. So Stephen King opened an atlas on his kitchen table and he just randomly pointed somewhere and he landed in Boulder, Colorado. That's so fucking creepy. Isn't that crazy? Well, because of Freeman. They were in Maine. Yeah, right? Freeman came from Maine. <laughs> There's a lot of weird... That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So Freeman okay. came from Maine and built this hotel. And then Stephen King comes from Maine. And he just and randomly ends up on in Boulder, Colorado. Okay. So they had been hanging out in Boulder, Colorado. And they're like, let's go up into the mountains. So on October 30th of 1974, King and his wife, Tabitha, decided to come up to Estes Park. And they went to check into the Stanley Hotel. So it was October 30th, and at this time in the 70s, the hotel would still shut down because when the winter came, it was too cold. It wasn't heated. Okay. They didn't have snow removal, very similar to the story of The Shining. Yeah. So you can see where the references came from. Inspiration. They were the only two guests in the hotel that night. And Stephen King said, when we arrived, they were just getting ready to close for the season, and we found ourselves the only guests in the place with all those long, empty corridors. (laughs) So... Ten years earlier, King had read Ray Bradbury's short story, The Velt, and he was inspired to write a story about a person whose dreams would become real. Oh, dreams. Very connected to the lucid dreaming, right? Okay. In 1972, King had started a novel entitled Dark Shine, which was to be about a psychic boy in a psychic amusement park, but the idea just never came to fruition, and he abandoned the book. 
during the night at the Stanley, that story came back to him. Mm, okay. And he was like, dreams come to life, psychic boy. You see where I'm going with this if you know The Shining. <laughs> so that night, Stephen King and his wife had dinner in the grand dining room. By themselves. And they were totally alone. Okay. And he said it was weird. They were offered one choice for dinner. The only meal Chicken? that I still had available. I don't he know. say what it was. <laughs> okay. And he said they had this taped orchestra music that was playing and theirs was the only table set for dining. He said, except for our table, all the chairs were up on the tables. Oh, so the wow. music is echoing down the hall. And he said, it was like God had put me there to hear that and see those things. And by the time I went to bed that night, I had already started like I putting this that. book in my mind. That's cool. After dinner, his wife decided to turn in. But King was like, I'm going to walk around this empty hotel. And he ended up in the bar. Same. You ended up in the bar, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, I mean, all of it. Where do we always end up when I mean, we wander? I think it's so cool that there are people when in a situation like that, they're inspired. It's those like weird moments for me that I'm like, okay, what can I take from this moment? Yeah. What, like, what is it? And that's why I love. And I love I'm just like hearing the story and I'm picturing the yep. shining. It's just, exactly. it's amazing. So Stephen King said that night, so, oh, I'm sorry. He went to the bar and he was served drinks by a bartender named Grady. So he just sat there at the bar, just him and the bartender, yeah. which is also a famous scene right. in The Shining. So I hope I'm not spoiling The Shining for anyone. If you haven't seen it, watch it. I mean, if you haven't at this point, all we're going to do is either convince you to go watch it finally True. in your life <laughs> or you know what's happening. So Stephen King said that night I dreamed of my three-year-old son and it was also quoted I wanted to bring this up because we talked about lucid dreaming last week. Mm -hmm. This felt like a lucid dream to him. Okay. And he had also been writing about a dream coming to life. So there right. was some connection yeah. here when I'm oh. reading this. I'm like, See, check it out. I lucid said we'd dreaming. sprinkle it in somewhere. It's sprinkled in here. Yeah. Um, so he said that night I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors. He was looking over his shoulders, eyes wide, screaming, and he was being chased by a fire hose. By a fire hose. By a fire hose. He said he woke up with a tremendous jerk. He was like sweating all over. He said he almost fell out of the bed. He was just oh, like, oh my God. Yeah. He said he got up, he lit a cigarette, and he sat in a chair. <laughs> Maybe it was warning him not to light a cigarette because he is the fire hose. <laughs> the fire hose Don't was do like, that. I'm going to get you. I'm burn down this house. <laughs> so he said he was sitting in a chair looking out at this beautiful view of the Rockies. And he was like, by the time he finished smoking that one cigarette, he like had a whole outline for his book. That's awesome. So The Shining mm -hmm. is a book that was released in 1977. It was his third published novel and it was his first bestseller. That's awesome. And then Carrie and Salem's Lot became something else. Yeah. His entire this life. Was, but The Shining was really successful. what set him start, yeah. like set him off. Yep. And then people went back to his earlier ones. The novel was adapted into a 1980 film by Stanley Kubrick. And then there was also a 1997 miniseries. Yep. I want to talk about that. So just a quick rundown in case you haven't seen The Shining. It centers on a man named Jack Torrance. And he was a struggling writer. Kind of goes along with Stephen King. He was a recovering alcoholic, which Stephen King has spoken openly mm -hmm. about. And he accepts the position as the off-season caretaker of the historic Overlook Hotel in the Colorado Rockies. I mean, so. I've looked at jobs like that and I'm like, I might go crazy. Right. But I don't know. They have stuff like that here in Colorado. Like, come take care of this area I don't during think the winter. I could do it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, he goes up there. His family goes with him in the book. Like, he brings his son mm -hmm. and his son possesses what's called the shining, which is a psychic ability, which okay. goes back to that earlier story dark, that Stephen King was a dark. Yeah. It dark shine. Dark shine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So he incorporated that in there. Things. Okay. Yeah. You're getting better. (laughs) (laughs) And so the psychic abilities allows the child to glimpse the hotel's horrific true nature. So I'm not going to spoil it. But they go up there at the end of the season, just like Stephen King did. That's how the the book starts, and they get stuck up there because of a winter storm and all kinds of crazy, scary, murderous things happen. Yeah. So there's a popular belief out there that the Stanley Hotel was used in Stanley Kubrick's movie for The Shining, but it wasn't. So the actual hotel used in the 1980 movie was the Timberline Lodge in Mount Hood, Oregon. Which is interesting. And that was just for the outside. Like when you saw the view of the outside of the hotel, it was the Oregon movie, but all the inside was a movie set in Hollywood. I'm sorry. It wasn't in Hollywood. It was in England. (laughs) (laughs) An extension Um, of Hollywood. (laughs) So really, the Stanley didn't have anything specifically to do with the movie. It was just that inspiration and Stephen King having that crazy lucid dream and just that eerie feeling of Mm -hmm. being in the Stanley is what inspired The Shining, which I think is kind of even cooler than it just being a set for the movie. Yeah. Like The Shining spoke or (laughs) The Shining. The Stanley spoke to him and brought. Well, I mean, that just goes to show you how powerful the book is because the Stanley still became important right and this you know landmark mm-hmm. regardless of this movie that didn't actually match what you can go see and right. stand at so I think a lot of people know this but I wanted to share with you Stephen King was not a fan of Stanley Kubrick's movie yep, I know that yeah he thought that it was a little hokey he <laughs> thought it wasn't it didn't show the madness of Jack Torrance in the way that he wanted he felt like it was just a little too artsy and he really wanted to show like Jack Torrance and his descent into madness mm-hmm. more. And he thought that the way and there's a lot out there about how the actress was treated in the original Shining. Yeah. She was kind of tormented yeah. and, and he wanted a different kind of woman because he had written the character in his book as a very strong woman. And the way that they portrayed her in the movie, he did not yeah. care for mm-hmm. But so, I love her too. I know. I like yeah. I like it so much. But that is why in 1997, or Stephen King started long before 1997. That's when the miniseries came out. But he started ideating what he wanted his series to look like. Right. Uh, so he wanted to adapt it. So the first character that Stephen King wanted to cast was for the role of Wendy Torrance, so Jack's wife, because he felt like she wasn't done justice in the original movie. So he chose Rebecca DeMornay, who was a very famous actress back in the 80s. She's done so many things. I remember her from The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Yeah. It was one of the coolest movies ever. So if you haven't seen that, (laughs) I really like it. It's creepy thriller type movie. Anyways, he chose her and he helped write the script because he wanted it to be creepier, more disturbing and more entertaining than the original movie. Stephen King. Of course. (laughs) And it's his baby. That was like his most famous book or like the one that really broke him through in in writing. The other thing he wanted was he wanted it to be filmed at the Stanley. Makes sense. That was his inspiration. And he was like, I want this to be where, you know, the idea came to me. Yep. They did some renovations to get it ready. They painted some of the areas of the Stanley that were white, brown. They wanted it to be a darker, like feel more ominous. So they did some changes to get ready. And then it started shooting in the Stanley Hotel in March of 1996. So they chose March because that's usually when all the snow comes. That makes sense. And this is like almost 20 years later. Well, the year they chose it happened to be a year that 
Estes Park got the least amount of snow. Oh, gosh darn it. <laughs> so, yeah, they had to spend $100,000. I mean, that's how it works, right? <laughs> they had to spend $100,000 to make snow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so that was, yeah, part of that. They did kind of right the wrong, I guess, in Stephen King's mind by filming it. The miniseries was not as popular. It received critical acclaim, but a lot of fans still prefer the Stanley Kubrick movie. It's what like, they grew up in. They dude. love Jack Nicholson, honestly. Oh, yeah, I mean, I love Jack Nicholson, too. Yeah. But you can love both, and I always like to honor the writer. And I yeah. actually did watch the miniseries when it came out. Mm-hmm. I was, like, 17 years old, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was good. I enjoy the original movie. I like them both. They're different. I do think it's cool that this one was actually filmed at the Stanley and it's a three part miniseries. So yeah. I think you can find it. I should have looked that up. I don't know where you can watch it today, but Sorry, I'm but sure that it's changes out there. anyway. But right. You just Google it now and it shows you where you can watch this. With The Shining, that's when everyone really started paying attention to the Stanley. So back in the 70s, when, or sorry, 1980, when the original movie came out. Everyone knew and I guess during the interviews heard that Stephen King was inspired by the Stanley. A lot of people falsely believed it was videoed there or or produced there. And so that's what started bringing more people to the Stanley. Um, And interestingly enough, that's when a lot of the information about the hauntings at the hotel really came to light. So if Stephen King hadn't been there, this place could have been torn down and nobody would have known. That's so sad. Yeah, he saved it. So to me, it's like the ghosts were (laughs) like inspiring him in this lucid dream to bring people here. Freeman had died and he was there. Yeah. And Freeman is there. I'm going to tell you about it. And then, you know, he brought him there. He's like, he doesn't want his legacy to die, right? Finger on a map. That totally makes sense. He bought his own hotel back at one point just to save it. Freeman loved this. And Freeman did so much for Estes Park. We can't tear this hotel down. And it it may have been. So thank God it all worked out the way it did. In The Shining, you remember the scene with the hedge maze. Yep. It's Mm -hmm. a big part of the movie. It's It's creepy. The Stanley didn't have a hedge maze. This was something completely out of Stephen King's, you know, horror mind to create this hedge maze. Mm -hmm. But the Stanley realized when visitors started coming that they were looking for the hedge maze. Right. Because they thought it had been filmed there. It took them a while, but in 2015, uh, to accommodate that and to really, you know, lean into the shining experience, they did add a hedge maze, but it's a pretty small replica. It's pretty tiny. It's pretty tiny. Yeah. But it is there. I pictures more than anything, I would assume. You, know, yeah, you stand in front so, of it and take just a picture. For the nostalgia. I tried to visit it. They when don't need I to lose there. actual children in there. No, <laughs> we don't need the hedge maze to come alive. This isn't Harry Potter. The hedge maze, I didn't get to experience it because it was completely iced over. I went in like um, my first trip mm-hmm. to the Stanley. I went in, I think it was a December. So yeah. hedge maze wasn't happening. It was probably like 10 degrees outside. And then when we went, it was like, under construction yeah we couldn't even go because I was so excited <laughs> when we went I was like oh I can go in the hedge maze and then it was under construction like so. half of the bushes were missing yeah that wouldn't have been I much of a maze <laughs> <laughs> we would have finished in like a second I want to move on to the fun part okay fine. are you ready for this I know y'all have but held thank you so on much for the history because not a lot of people go into it and now I feel like when people go it's gonna they're gonna so they're, it's gonna mean so much more you're gonna know how it came to be and when you see the, the yeah. cars and stuff you're like uh freeman you know first he was this schoolmaster and then he made lisa frank you know <laughs> uh little things to put together and he helped with cameras and he made a car and he yeah. came all the way over here even with tuberculosis he lived till 91 and he loved this place he did and, and now you can appreciate it a little bit more and you will love the ghosts inside yes 
Okay, get to it. So let's go to the ghosts. <laughs> let's get to the the fun stuff. So there's a lot of prominent ghosts known to haunt this hotel. Fortunately, most of the ghosts at the Stanley are actually pretty friendly. They may spook some of the guests. Be? I mean, yeah. I think most ghosts are. They don't seem to have like malevolent reasons. So as I've mentioned before, the Stanley Hotel is a repeat guest on most haunted lists. It's most definitely worth a day trip. If you come to Denver, I think you should come there. It's hosted its fair share of paranormal investigators from shows like the Travel Channel's Ghost Hunters and Sci-Fi's Ghost Adventures. And there's actually a hotel paranormal investigator stays as part of the hotel. And her name is Lisa Nyhart. And she leads monthly. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So if you really want to get into it, she leads monthly ghost hunts. And so those are more in depth. You can take the 90 minute like ghost tour like I took, but Mm -hmm. she will lead paranormal investigations, which I think is pretty cool. Maybe we should go do one. But she likes to call the Stanley Hotel the Disneyland for ghosts. Yeah. It's like the Haunted Mansion. The most notable is Freeman Stanley himself. He's most often seen in the lobby and the billiard room, his favorite place, right? (laughs) That was his favorite room when he was still alive. On one such occasion, actually, he was said to have appeared during a tour group's visit to the billiard room. He materialized behind a member of the tour. He must have liked someone in there. He wanted to, you know, play some pool with them. I mean, he called Stephen King to come, so. I know. Maybe he had a point to make for one of those guests. So several bartenders who have worked at the hotel report having seen Freeman strolling through the bar. He disappears when they try to cut him off at the kitchen. So cut him he's off? Like, like, like they're why? trying they're to like, catch him or something. Don't go in there. That's not for you. <laughs> like, don't go in there. And he's like, fine, I'll just disappear. So not to be left out, Flora's like, Freeman doesn't get to have all the fun or Freeland. <laughs> Flora was like, I want to haunt the hotel as well. So she is known to continue to entertain guests with her piano playing in the music room. Hmm. So that's where her grand piano sits today. And it's behind a velvet rope. The so one if you that tour, she used? It was her oh, piano. Nice. I didn't get to go in there. It's yeah. I think you can only go on the tour if you perhaps have a, like an event in the okay. music room. So employees and guests both have reported hearing music coming from the room. And when they take a peek in there, they can see the piano keys actually moving. Oh, However, as do they let you look inside to make sure that it's not something they hooked up? Sorry, I'm being the skeptic now. I like the skeptic. I mean, I believe in all this shit, but I don't trust people. The saying goes, or the, the legend is, that as soon as someone walks across the threshold to investigate further, the music will stop and no more movement can be seen up on the keys of the piano. Mm. This is the other fun part. It's beautiful music and those who have tried to touch the keys... Get zapped. It will actually slam <laughs> shut oh, okay. on their fingers. So people have had their oh, no. their fingers <laughs> crushed because she's like, no, not for you. Mine. <laughs> Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) The staff reports hearing music playing after hours very often. They will sometimes think that there's teenagers in there pranking and they'll go in and turn on the lights to like shoo off these, you know, pesky teenagers and no one will be in there. I mean, what do you do in a in a situation like that? You're like, can I just have one normal night? I mean, I have to investigate because it might be actual like damage to our property. <laughs> right. And then you go in and you're like, nope, it's just Flora again. Yeah, She's exactly. just playing away. <laughs> but don't touch it. She might slam your fingers shut. The other thing that has happened in the music room, uh, staff has reported that they will hear music and chattering as if like back in the day when everyone was partying in there. It's been reported to hear laughter, glasses clinking. They'll think that there's like people in the room and when Mm -hmm. they open it, it'll be completely empty and dark. So Mm -hmm. that's, you know, I'm just like picturing from what I remember, like standing outside that building 
I want to go dance in there. I'm just picturing more kind of like a ballroom. Well, you're thinking of the concert hall. I'm talking about the music room. It's actually inside the main building. Oh, it's in the building. It's in the main building. So when you walk in, it's over to the right. It's like an area. I think you can rent it out today for like events. I didn't get to see that. So what did you call it? The The concert hall. That's actually where I'm going. This is a great segue. I'm going to talk about the concert hall next. This whole time I've been picturing picturing the building next to the Stanley. Well, Which the is very hall, close. Like, what is there, it like, 100 sense. feet in between them? He built the concert hall for Flora, but her piano resides in inside the, the main building in the music, music room. room. Okay. Yeah. So that's where her spirit seems to manifest. Okay. Because she wants to play her piano. Yep. So that was a good segue. Let's start talking about the concert hall because there's a lot of paranormal hubbub said to be happening in this space. The most famous ghost there, his name is Paul. And Paul was a handyman, kind of jack of all trades that did things around the Stanley Hotel. I think he was around in the 1980s. I couldn't exactly find when he worked there. But he had an unfortunate incident happen. He started having chest pains while he was working. And while they were transporting him to the hospital, he actually passed away. Okay. So that's why they think that his spirit is still there in the concert hall today. One of his duties was to enforce the 11 p.m. curfew at the time that he was working there at the hotel (laughs) to get everybody out of the concert halls and get back to the guest room so that we're not, you know, disrupting. That's why guests and workers report hearing somebody whispering to them. Go to bed. Get out. (laughs) Get out. And they hear it late at night. Okay. So they think it's Paul just doing his job. He's like, and I freaking died having a heart attack here. <laughs> Listen to me. I need a rest. I'm stuck. Go away. So there's also a piano in the concert hall. It's not Flora's piano, okay. but there's another piano. Mm-hmm. And some people have reported that Flora floats over there and plays that piano as well. She's like, well, you're using mine. <laughs> and I have to go use this other one. Maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. it's the nights when her room is being taken. Maybe. Another like just little story about Paul, the handyman. There was a construction worker. He was working there one day and he was sanding the floors and he felt somebody like pull the back of his shirt. Mm. And he thinks it was Paul like nudging him because it was getting late into the night and it was time for him to go. I need someone to nudge my shirt when I need to go to bed when I'm working. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like time to time to get it up. It's time. Just time to stop editing. Go to Kendra's mess ups. (laughs) Mine too. There's also been some people on the Stanley Ghost Tour that have reported seeing a flickering flashlight at them, and they think that could be Paul as well. Another way for him to tell people to get the hell out. (laughs) So there is one other ghost in the concert hall. Okay. And she lives down in the basement. And when I went on the ghost tour, I have to say, like, I didn't have any specific paranormal events that happened to me, but there was definitely some kind of energy in the basement of the concert hall. I Just could feel it. Feel I don't. Bad. And we went in the bathroom and the lights were flickering in the bathroom and it felt just. Wait, in the concert hall? In the concert hall. Well, I had lights flickering, but I wasn't in the concert hall. Well, let's so, talk like, about that in a minute. Well, oh, OK, fine. In a minute. But the bathroom, there was something to it. And we went into the uh, there was like an area where musicians and whoever's performing, they work beforehand. Kind of like the green room, I guess is what you call it. Okay, And that's one of the most active areas in the basement. And I felt I could feel it there. Um, Mm. So who they believe is haunting. And this is a sad story. Who they believe is haunting the basement of the concert hall is a girl named Lucy. Okay. And so this was back in the early, I think, 40s to 60s time frame is when she was presumed to have lived. And they don't really know her exact age. She was a young girl. She was probably like age 
12 to 19 is what I've seen in different accounts. Okay. And the story goes that um, she was kind of a stowaway in a way, a runaway. She was just sleeping in the, there was a lot of construction going on at the hotel at the time. And she didn't, she was homeless essentially. And she was living in the basement of the concert hall Okay, and was kind of squatting there. And the construction workers found her and they're like, you need to go. And I guess they didn't send her anywhere nice or she was scared or whatever but she left the hotel and it's believed that she froze to death i heard this too but i thought it was a more recent death i may be wrong but that's how i heard it i thought i did good research but i couldn't find the dates on all of these so i found when researching the stanley there's a lot of misinformation and i'll go into that in in another story it's hard to research people it's like the game of (laughs) gossip you know like people start saying things and it's not necessarily true as much as you can and i looked at multiple multiple sources so i kept it kind of vague because i couldn't find stories that collaborated each other and some Mm -hmm. of them when i get into the rooms there's different i don't know there's just a lot of things so either way that's really sad it is very sad so lucy passed away froze to death and the historians at the Stanley can't confirm the story. So it is kind of more of a tall tale in yeah. a way. And maybe mm-hmm. that's why I couldn't find. And maybe that's the exact- why the stories are different. I think so. It's just morphed into different times, different. Right. But I feel like you and I need to look into it a little bit. I think further. we need to go visit. I mean, we, well, we need to visit. <laughs> and we need to look into her. Let's do her some justice and let's put the truth out there. I would love to. Okay. <laughs> I will tell you that people report feeling her down in the bathroom. As I mentioned, flashing lights are the big thing that they think that she communicates with. And then there's actually a picture out there of a man on a tour. And he took the picture and it has the tour guide leader in the front. Mm -hmm. Nobody's behind him. And there is an image of a little girl in a pink dress. Like you can see the hot pink. And he was like, there was nobody in hot pink. He's like, we would have, you know, on that tour. Uh, And I would love to post that picture for everyone to see. And you can decide for yourself. Yeah. But that is Is she from 1940s or now? (laughs) Her dress makes me think she looks like, I think. Or maybe. Or like earlier. Earlier. Yeah. Or maybe it's something completely different. Maybe it's another we girl we, we don't know. We can't know the entire history of these places. I mean, this know. place has been here since 1909. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for, well, for all we know, because a lot of hauntings, the hauntings of the land prior exactly. to anything being built. Which is why so I wanted to go into the land. It could be yeah. one of the little girls from down the way who right. climbed all the way up and got lost and got stuck. And, and never, we never I mean, knew. We never knew. But I do know of everywhere we went in the ghost tour, there were two spots where I felt the presence and the basement of the concert hall was one of them. Okay. So now I want to move back to the main building. And when you walk into the Stanley, there is the grand staircase. Oh, and I remember it's beautiful. It's so pretty. And I want to go up so, so, so much. Yeah. But you have to be a guest. You can't go up unless you're a guest. Yeah. Uh, They didn't even take us up that on the tour that I went on. They will take you up the grand staircase on a day tour. But the night tour, they won't because they don't want to disrupt their guests. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. So there are all kinds of antique mirrors and portraits along this staircase. It's beautiful. I will post a picture. But it's believed, and it's been called the Vortex, because uh, they believe that it's a popular passageway for the hotel's ghosts to move between the afterlife and into our lives, I guess. 
it's had some like paranormal like when investigate yeah kind of something like that in 2016 there was a visitor from houston and he snapped some photos on the grand staircase and he was just taking a picture because the staircase is beautiful and a lot of people take it and he got home and when he was reviewing it he spotted a figure at the top of the staircase he said he doesn't remember anyone being on the staircase at the time and it is a woman and she's wearing a tire that would not have gone with 2016 and I also have that picture to share <laughs> my brain is like why is she wearing a tire <laughs> was yes. she floating somewhere a tire <laughs> there's also another story did you ever hear that I'm sorry don't oh, lose ahead. your place go, go. <laughs> did you ever hear oh you know who it might have been it might have been uh and that's why we drink the girls Christine and M. Mm. it was a conversation I, I love, love them. them okay <laughs> And I found them after Morbid, but I, they've become like one of my favorites. I love listening to them. They're hilarious. They're so funny. And oh, Christine sounds just like Kendra. What? (laughs) Okay. If you, if you are listening to us, listen to Kendra and then go back to the earlier episodes of, and that's why we drink with Christine and M and Kendra and Christine sound exactly the same to me. So, so when crazy. I was listening like through all their first episodes, and I'm like, I'm just, just listening to Kendra. Me. And you're like, which is Kendra awesome. can do this. Kendra can she do this. Like Christine. Like, not me, though. <laughs> you know, not me. That's awesome. Anyway, at one point they were making a joke. And I think it's them if it's not. And whoever this is, I'm sorry. They were making a joke about having like um, a job in the afterlife where you get to choose the wardrobe for the people that die. Okay. And so that just made me think, and I was like, well, I think that girl's the a mo- more modern death, and but you're like, well, she was in this, like, old-timey <laughs> attire, <laughs> a pink dress, and she just made this joke that it was like, well, maybe there's someone who, like, you have to go to a fucking wardrobe to go find what you're wearing in your afterlife. <laughs> I, like, picture Beetlejuice, where, like, you arrive yeah. in a place, and then they're like, yeah, that could make sense. They're like, what would you like to be seen in? And maybe you get to change it. Maybe you get to change it, and you're like, you know what? I didn't, I don't want them to know me as, like, a ridiculous, like, 2008. What if you died in your underwear? Student. You don't want to walk around in that forever. Anyway, move on. Move on. Okay. Did you lose Let's your Let's go spot? back to the ghosts. No. I love you, Christine and M. We're going to meet yes, you someday. we want to meet you. We're going to come hang out. Okay, I want to go into room 217. So room 217, if you guys remember, is where Stephen King stayed. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most famous spot in the Stanley Hotel. I think if you want to book it, it's probably years out right now. I think so, yeah. The cool thing about this, as you know, it was the inspiration for his bestseller, The Shining, and it has a beautiful view and they added a library of Stephen King novels to this oh, that's room. that's cool. Yeah. But, and this may be what inspired Stephen King and perhaps there was a presence in that room when he stayed there. He just didn't realize it and it was, you know, directing what happened in his dream. But the room is thought to be haunted by Elizabeth Wilson. Although there's some contradictions if that's actually her name, which I'll go into in a minute. Okay. But that's, if you look at most sources, they'll say it's haunted by Elizabeth Wilson. The hotel was fully electric, as I mentioned earlier. Right. However, Stanley had taken it up on himself to install a gas lantern in each room to make sure that guests would never be left without light. So there was a storm in 1911, and the chambermaid was going from room to room to light the gas lanterns for the guests. She entered room 217 to light the candle, and apparently there was a gas leak in there. And as soon as she lit the match, there was a huge explosion. Okay. 
the most reputable account of this accident was actually published in the Fort Collins Weekly Express on June 29th, 1911. So that was the okay. only place that we could find it. It This is also a story that has a lot of hearsay, but this was in the paper. And according to the article, uh, the damage was about $10,000 worth. It, it blew up like one tenth. And room mm. 217 is right above the dining room. Okay. The restaurant where we ate. Oh, okay. And so three people were injured in this accident and it was the chambermaid and the Fort Collins Weekly Express originally said it was Elizabeth Wilson, but they corrected it a couple weeks later. But a lot of people don't look at the corrections. Her name was actually Lizzie Leitenberger. So this ghost, I feel like I'm sorry, his name Leitenberger, Leitenberger above a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like, okay, maybe this ghost is pissed because we keep calling her Elizabeth Wilson and that's not even her fucking name. No. So. why? I mean, why would they make such a Leitenberger? Lizzie. Lizzie. Which is close to Elizabeth. I mean, she may go by Lizzie. Yeah. So I think that might be why there was some confusion. I mean, is there a difference between like maiden and married? Yeah. I don't know about Leitenberger. That's. Anyways. She lit up and she was over a burger joint. I don't know. So she fell through the floor (laughs) into the dining room. And. She actually fell onto two or and two waiters that were in the dining room also had the room collapse. But she was already dead. She's not dead. Oh, my God. She miraculously survived. Oh, my gosh. I did read in different accounts. Some accounts said she went into a coma. Others didn't. But what we do know for sure is that she broke both of her ankles when she fell through. So it was very painful. Oh, my God. For this poor lady, whether she was in a coma or not. Two ankles broken floor break so easily it just blew up it was like oh it blew up when you okay. light a candle okay yeah it just that's why i was like is she dead <laughs> like it had to have like burned for a while <laughs> yeah and the waiters were okay like they just had some debris fall on them their but eyebrows were gone <laughs> maybe <laughs> but this poor lizzie elizabeth whatever her correct name is she broke both ankles Ouch. um oh she gosh. did not die but it is said that they think she still haunts the room. Well, because they say that your energy can stay. Yeah, the traumatic. Yeah. I mean, she it's was just, just going residual into her job. energy, just like repeated over and over and over again. So stories from room two seventeen. They've shared stories of waking up to a room that was tidier. I mean, this sounds like the best ghost ever. I have to say, I kind of wanted to move in with in me. my room. Yeah. So <laughs> they wake up house. to their room, <laughs> not just a room. Okay. Entire yeah, get house. to it, Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> Will you clean my cat litter? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I fucking hate cleaning cat litter. Uh, anyway, I love so my cats. They've woken up to their room being tidier. Like, who complains about this? Who goes down to the room and goes down to the check-in desk and they're like, "I woke up and my room was so clean. What's going on?" <laughs> um, they've woken up with their clothes folded and their suitcases reorganized. They're like, "Those were dirty." <laughs> How am I going to know the difference now? <laughs> specifically (laughs) this story is kind of interesting one couple told staff that their bed was made around them during the night while they were still sleeping that would be kind of annoying you're like i'm sleeping get it off me and she's like covering her face up (laughs) by the way rumor is she's quite Mm old-fashioned she believes you should be married to be sleeping in the same bed oh she's so she's like "Mm, i'll just mummify you bad you (laughs) So it's said that when unmarried people are like sleeping in the bed together, they've reported mm. a chilly settling into the bed between them. Oh, so she's, she's like, like not I'm, happening. She's a cock blocker. I'm here. Is what I'm <laughs> That's awesome. She's like, you're not getting any tonight until you get married. 
Wait, I mean, you said you 217 to, specifically. Though. 217. Okay. You got to book it out like, you know, 20 years from now or something. I'm going to forget in four years. So other guests have reported their shoes were lined up neatly on the end of the bed. Thank you. Once again, doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> the other thing that people have noticed. So this use, this room used to be a larger suite mm-hmm. until it was remodeled in the mid 2000s. So it was like one big, large suite. And so people have reported seeing uh, shadow figures passing through the walls. Like perhaps there's a ghost in there that's like just moving in what used to be the larger suite. So then don't get 217, get 216 or 15 yeah, or 14 you can or 13 come in and, and then you're going to have experiences too. There you go. Exactly. Cheap hack. <laughs> so one of the biggest myths about this room is that it's not available and people can't stay there, but you can. It just takes a long time because okay. it is the most popular room. Yeah. So you can book it, but God knows when you'll actually get to stay. I've gone on the Stanley website so many times to see if they ever get cheaper. They no, don't. you're always going to pay <laughs> premium. I'm sure this one's five times as much. They don't. The cheapest is like 370 and that's every room. Yeah. That I've looked at. So. so the whole reason I'm doing this podcast is to try and get into room 217. <laughs> you shall let us in. We're going to manifest it. It is happening. Get woo. On October 31st. No way. So I have one last I have Sorry. one last little story about this room. So there was another famous movie filmed at the Stanley Hotel. Yes, I know. And it's very annoying. Dumb and Dumber. I mean, I love the movie. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you a little... Yeah, a, a haunting little thing I had. I'm going back to it. The bathroom. Okay. So like I had to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I left the restaurant and the bathroom's like down this little staircase, right? To right. like, that's where the bathrooms are. And I go into the bathroom, I'm all by myself and the lights are flickering on and off. And I'm like, okay, that always happens to me it's, though. Yeah. And then it's an old hotel. You're and like, then whatever. Things are always, my, my lights flicker in my house all the time. And I am a very spiritual like right very open open I have a lot of stuff but at the same time I'm very aware that electricity so I'm just like whatever right anyway one of my biggest annoyances about the Stanley is they have freaking posters of Dumb and Dumber everywhere yes and I'm like I want the experience of the Stanley and I'm walking out of a bathroom stall to look at Jim Carrey. And, and jumped down. I was looking yeah. really dumb. Like and with I'm their like, little this just haircuts. does not fit the ambiance. I'm sorry. A quick little yeah. thing is I went into the bathroom with an earring. I came out and we were getting ready to leave. And I was putting my jacket on and my earring was gone. It's and just gone. So I have an earring left at the Stanley somewhere. That's crazy. And you wouldn't have done anything in the bathroom to knock an no, earring but out. I mean, like, light, and you would have noticed. It was going dark, you know, like the lights would turn off and they would come back on and then it would flicker and turn off, turn back on. And one of my earrings is there. Maybe someone in the bathroom was like, I like that. The That's woman pretty. at the top of the staircase. I'm keeping your it. I have an earring there. That's crazy. I wonder if well, someone you had an experience at the Stanley well, I, event. It's just I have a piece of me there. And what's really crazy is it's an earring that I've had since I was like 17. So it's special. It kind of was. And I'm like, it's not mm. like it was like fancy or anything, but, but it's, it's, special, it was like, it's green and it's like this color that I always liked. And So if anyone finds it at the Stanley, <laughs> dang if it, you see a ghost wearing a green earring. While they were filming the Dumb and Dumber movie, it was in 1993. The crew mentioned just crazy things going on, similar to actually what your story was. They would swear they had put something somewhere and then they'd turn around and it would be gone. Mm. They would have things knocked over. So there was some kind of paranormal stuff going on. Jim Carrey himself requested Room 217. And because he's a celebrity, of course, I'm sure they just knocked whoever was in there and put him in there. He wanted to go there to stay where Stephen King was inspired. He stayed there. For three hours. That's it? 
he came down from room 217 to the front desk and was just like, I need a new room. He looked like he had seen a ghost, I guess. Yeah. He yeah. was white. They said he was very disheveled and scared looking, basically. Mm-hmm. And so they gave him another room. But unlike most people who experience paranormal activity, a lot of times you want to share that experience. Jim Carrey has yet to talk about what he experienced. He doesn't huh. want to talk about it. It's been brought up in interviews. He will not talk about it. So none of us know what happened. She probably mummified him and he couldn't get out for a minute. Something. <laughs> that probably. She made that bed up around him tight. <laughs> He's such a jokester that no one would believe him. So he's like, I'm keeping this to myself. Yeah, I don't think he wants to be seen as crazy. You know, a lot of people, unfortunately, are seen that way. But I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And now he's kind of there for life because they leave his poster up in random places. Yeah. And they have things in the gift store for his movie, too. I mean, I love the movie, but it's like I came here for the Stanley. I didn't come here to see Dumb and Dumber Dumber in the girls bathroom. (laughs) So if you watch Dumb and Dumber, there is an image of the Stanley Hotel when they're pulling up, when they're chasing down the woman that he's in love with, played by Lauren Holly. I can't remember her name in the movie. And then also when they walk into the bar in their goofy outfits. That's Uh part of the Stanley Hotel. Okay. So now let's move on to what is considered the most active part of the Stanley Hotel, and that's the fourth floor. Ooh. I didn't, neither of us, right? I have not been on the fourth floor. Neither of us got to do it. Okay. I did a night tour. And so none of the tours will take you to the rooms. You have to book them because they don't want to. And I appreciate that. If I'm staying there and paying $300 a night, I don't want to hear people traipsing about. All by myself. I don't need you viewing this. Exactly. So the fourth floor, when the hotel was originally built, the fourth floor was an attic area and it was actually where the female employees would stay with their children. So it was like an attic area with little rooms. Like it was not built out, I guess, for for the posh East Coasters. It was built for the people working We can still just call it a fourth room instead of the attic. Yeah. I mean, a fourth floor instead of the attic. Yeah, it was a fourth floor, but it was not a guest hotel Just the workers. Okay. So there's a lot of activity in the fourth floor. It was built out when they added, because if you remember right, the original hotel only had 48 rooms. There's now 140 rooms. Holy moly. Yeah. I didn't know that. So yeah, they did okay. that by adding to the fourth floor. So That's 100 rooms on the fourth floor. They quite a bit. Not on the fourth floor. I think they, Just they made it larger throughout. Okay. Yeah. Now let's talk about my favorite person. <laughs> Lord Asshole. Asshole. Lord, Lord Dunraven. Let's Lord talk about room 401. Lord Asshat. Okay. Some four, people would wait, say sorry, room 401. Sorry. Some people say this is the creepiest room in the hotel because it is haunted by the unfriendly male ghost. This is the only ghost known in the hotel to be unfriendly to people. Mm-hmm. So people assume this ghost is Lord Dunraven because he owned the land prior to Freeland and he was a known asshole and maybe he's being taunted in his afterlife. <laughs> I mean, it's and possible back to the place where he, you know, screwed people over. He's vengeful. It was going to be named after him, but everybody signed oh, a waiver true. to say, hell nah. So now he's like, I'm going to live here forever. Exactly. Women have claimed that they were touched by an unknown presence while standing in the room's closet. So he seems to like hang out in the closet like Earth. a real creeper and he inappropriately touches women. Ugh. And by that, they mean like their hair will be kind of played with. They've reported having an arm wrap around their waist oh, or their shoulder. Like, you know, when a man or a woman comes up and hugs you from behind, that kind of feeling on their shoulders. Some women have reported having a hand moving up the back of their leg. Mm-hmm. So he's a creeper. Yuck. And okay. he likes to touch women. Men don't feel particularly welcome in this room because he likes women. They have sometimes felt like when they're laying in bed, someone is pressing them into the bed. 
and not letting them get up. The men. The men. Yeah. Not the women. The women he's too busy like flirting with and groping. Yeah. Several men have reported their jewelry disappearing, specifically their wedding rings. So Hmm. one man claims he witnessed his wedding ring inexplicably moving across the bathroom counter and into the sink. Just like slowly being pushed over. Yeah. Like he was trying to put it down the drain. In the the drain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On another occasion, witnesses reported there's a light in the corner that kept turning on and off. While the light was off, they told the ghost that they knew he was there and they would only be there for two nights. And would he please just turn the light back on? (laughs) And it came back on. (laughs) It's like, fine. (laughs) However, when they went to bed, he decided to play with the light again because he's a dick and he kept turning the light off and it's on. It's like, this is the only thing I can do, so. <laughs> they also reported on the same night that they constantly heard noise from the nearby elevator during a time when the elevator was actually broken down and not in use. The elevator is a ghost. <laughs> Maybe. This is the room that people have reported seeing a ghostly face in from the outside. So if you're outside the hotel looking up at room 401, it has been reported to see a face looking out the window. This has happened when the room was not booked. Oh, okay. For any of you guys that are fans, and I used to watch this myself, the sci-fi show Ghost Hunters. Yeah. They actually stayed at the Stanley Hotel and did a paranormal investigation. This was the room that Jason stayed in and he had a drinking glass. I don't I remember this vividly because I was obsessed with the Stanley Hotel. He had a drinking glass that was sitting on the nightstand and it imploded while he was sleeping and they caught it on camera. It was crazy. And then the closet door also opened and closed on its own while they were doing that investigation. Room 401. Lord Lord. Dunraven. I'm sorry for anybody who possibly is related to Dunraven. We can't help who our family is. That is true. So let's move on to another room on the fourth floor. There's a few. I actually have three more rooms on the fourth floor that are haunted. We really need to go to the fourth floor. I know. I mean, we have to get to the level above ghost hunters to get all rooms. We have a task ahead of us. Yes. (laughs) But as women, we will be like, what's her name in the first part of your story? No, not Lucy. Flora. The girl who went to the top of Long's Oh, that's right. Yes. She's our inspiration. She's our inspiration. We just got to find Mountain Man to help us. (laughs) Maybe he's the third from your tarot reading. (laughs) That's what it is. We just need the Mountain Man. (laughs) To get us into places. So room 407. This is another room that people like to tuck you into bed, apparently. Multiple guests have reported the odd experience of being tucked into bed. Maybe they used to do that back in the day. Could be. It could have been like a service. Kind of like a turn down service. This is a yeah. turn up service. I'm going to come tuck your little sides and your toes. I wouldn't mind being tucked in, especially when it's cold that back would... then. Others have felt someone sit on the foot of the bed. So there was one woman who stayed in this room and she said she felt someone sit on the bed. She got up because it freaked her out, turned on the lights. Nobody was there, but there was an indentation on the bed, yep. like where somebody's butt had just been. Okay. So that's crazy. There was a mom that stayed there with her little boy, and he uh, said that he kept kicking his covers off in the middle of the night, but she kept putting them back on. And he was really annoyed when he woke up. He was like, Mom, I was hot. I kept trying to push the covers off, and you put them back up. And she was like, I wasn't awake. I didn't put the covers over you. So somebody else was Somebody covering. else. Yeah. Or she was sleepwalking. <gasps> Lucid dreaming. <laughs> so that's room 407. 
Those okay. are if you want to experience those things. Visit <laughs> room four hundred seven. Would you like your shoes lined up? Would you like to be that's tucked room two seventeen? <laughs> Just yeah. Okay. Sorry. Four hundred one. Would you like your cup imploded in your face? I don't know. Would you like to be <laughs> inappropriately groped in the closet? I mean, that could be a fun. I night mean, for if some you're girls. really lonely, I don't know. Maybe they're like, I can only get it from a ghost. I mean, they still touch my butt. <laughs> he likes legs, apparently. Oh. <laughs> they lead up to the butt. Room 418. So this one actually is the room that receives the most reports to the staff of activity. And apparently this is the room where people hear children's spirits the most. And cleaning crews have reported hurting, hurting. <laughs> <laughs> cleaning crews have, re- have reported hurting. I've had a little bit of wine by now. Sorry, guys. She hasn't words, had much. Words are hard. Shh. We're just new. We're blaming it on other things, and it's not true. It's a lot of talking. <laughs> I know. It's a lot of talking. Sorry, I took it away from I you. Get tongue tape. <laughs> I get tongue tape. <laughs> what is happening? Tongue tape. Okay. So cleaning crews have reported hearing strange noises from the room, as well as seeing impressions on the bed when the room has been empty. So they come in to make the bed or clean it, and it looks like a bunch of kids have been sitting on the bed. So when guests stay in the room, they often report they hear children playing in the hallway at night. One couple reportedly checked out of the hotel very early in the morning, complaining that the children in the hallway kept them up all night. However, the staff said there were no children booked in the hotel. Covers, once again, this seems to be a thing at the Stanley. Covers are sometimes removed during the night. So in this room, they take them off you. In the other rooms, they put them on you. (laughs) Not for you tonight. No turn down service. Screw you. You are going to be cold. It makes sense. It's little mischievous children. They're like... I'm going to rip the covers off you. My mom tucks you in and I take you out. Yep. <laughs> and then hangers in the closet are known to move on their own. So maybe kids run around in the closet is what I think of. Or they're like my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Bathroom lights have also been reported to turn on and off on their own. I feel like I feel like I have to give context to that. Yeah, go. I came to Kendra's. Okay, bathroom lights turning off. Oh, I see where you're going. The Um, closet child. Yes. So, like, we came to Kendra's house, and there was like no furniture in here, and I had my daughter with me, and she ran upstairs. And as any kid, I think adults too. It's just fun to be in an an empty house. house, Okay, I agree. And she went up there, and we found her in a closet of one of the rooms. And she's like, this is my room now, and we're moving in here. And she didn't want to leave. Like, she didn't want to leave. I think she you had to bribe her that. with something to get her to leave. Yeah. Like, she would have stayed in that closet for hours and hours. And I remember and doing stuff there. like that when I was a kid. I'm yeah, like, this it's like is a playhouse. my special place. Maybe that's what your daughter will do one day when she's a ghost. She's going to play with closet. in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of kids, a little girl staying in room 418, she told her mom the morning after, she was like, some little boy kept tickling me during the night. She's like, he kept waking me up and tickling me. And and her mom was like, were you afraid? And she's like, no, I told him to stop. And he did. I mean, if my daughter said that to me, obviously the mom had to have been prepared for ghostly encounters at the right. Stanley. Because if my daughter came to me and was like, oh, this little boy was tickling me while I was sleeping, my response would not have been, well, did it scare you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I do know when you check into one of these rooms that are supposedly haunted, they do give you, it's like a little um, printout and it says what has happened in that room. So I think when you go into these rooms, you You are planning for something. Yeah. Mental preparation. So that could cause. It could influence you as well. Yeah. If you want to be skeptical. I mean, if we go back to our lucid dreaming, 
maybe it influences it could be. a you lucid dream. It. Who knows? I am my own. What am I? I am a massive devil's advocate. I like that. For everything that I talk about and everything that I think and feel. But even though I know what I feel and I feel is real, I will literally argue the exact opposite the next second. I think that's good. To People think hate about, that about it that way. Me. I'm a Gemini, so I look at all sides. Like that's and you're a rising so Gemini, so it makes sense. It's always been like spit in my face, like, oh, you're such a devil's advocate. And I'm like, that's who I am. Be gullible and believe everything. You have to think of all sides. And Right. It's within me. Well, let's move on to the next room. So this is the last room on the fourth floor that you can stay in that is reportedly haunted. It's room 428. Okay, let's see if you like what the ghosts do. So this is like a pick your own adventure (laughs) hotel. You get to choose which room you want to go to. They did say it was Disneyland for ghosts. So room 428, guests have reported hearing footsteps above them and furniture moving. That sounds kind of annoying. If you've ever lived in a first floor, if you've ever lived in a first floor apartment, that's what I picture. But here's the thing is people are hearing footsteps and furniture moving, but it's actually physically impossible for anyone to be above them. There's no rooms above there. And the slope of the roof wouldn't allow anyone to be walking or anything up there either. So that's That's not odd. Maybe the children were playing on the roof. However, maybe, possibly, the real haunt in this room that everyone brings up is a friendly cowboy. They don't know who this guy is. A couple awoke to find a Wild West cowboy pacing at the end of their bed. (laughs) After watching him for a few minutes, they asked him to leave politely, and he did. So he's like, okay, (laughs) sorry, miss. I'll go. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, miss. Sorry, little lady. (laughs) (laughs) But why are all the male ghosts got to be creepy? Here we go. He would not leave, but first he had to lean over and kiss the lady. On Uh the forehead. Female guests have reported waking up to find Mr. Cowboy leaning over their bed as if he's about to kiss them. So he's a kisser. That's kind of sad, though. That kind of makes me think of it's like a residual memory and that this cowboy was staying there and he was saying goodbye to his love partner or whatever while she's still sleeping. He kisses her on the forehead and he leaves for the day. He goes and and dies. dies. Oh my God, you're probably right. This was a dude ranch and this was, you know. It could have been oh, someone who never stayed at the I hotel. That's what I thought of. Like, he doesn't know who it is. It's just someone in the bed. And he's stuck in that. He's stuck in the loop of yeah. leaving her and kissing. Maybe he wanted to say something instead of just kiss her and then he dies. And so he, he felt like he didn't do enough. I'm sorry. So it's a loving cowboy. Yes. I don't. because He's not groping the way them. He's just trying to kiss like, them. I didn't want it to come. He seemed right. like he was being creepy. And I'm like. It sounds like a sad because he does moment. leave when you ask him to leave. So nobody has said feeling like I'm sorry creeped out by him. Man. That's the fourth floor. So this next place I'm going to talk about, you can only go here if you are an employee or you go on the nightly ghost tour at the Stanley Hotel. Is it that locked door that's like by the bathrooms downstairs? It is. Okay. Oh, I didn't get to And go. it leads to a pretty dark, eerie kind of place. And mm. it's the underground caves. Okay. I need so, jeez. The caves here have a high concentration of limestone and quartz, which is why some paranormal investigators, ghost hunters believe that the Stanley may have captured so much ghostly encounters is because that is known to hold energy. So it makes sense when you're down there that you feel this energy because I did and it's very mm-hmm. cold. So why would a hotel need a network of caves underneath? You may ask that question. I did. The reason is in the early days of the Stanley, remember there 
catering to the swanky. Um, mm-hmm. It was seen as unprofessional for the staff to actually be seen by the guests. How dare they? Yeah. <laughs> so they had this network of caves where they would um, use the underground pathways to travel between rooms. That's where they would travel between the hotel bar and if they were bringing room service or the restaurant and the laundry facility. So if they were taking sheets and everything, they would use these underground tunnels. Are they tunnel tunneling? They are. And it's very rocky down there. And I'll have to look through and see if I can find a picture down Mm -hmm. there. It's like being in a cave. Interesting. You can see the rock. And it's very cold. What ghost is down here? This is maybe my favorite ghost in the Stanley. They believe it's the ghost of a pastry chef from the original days. They think he haunts the caves because there's an alluring and just an uncanny scent of baked goods down there. Mm. I did not smell that when I was down there. I wish I did. It probably would have made me hungry. I don't know. I really, really like donuts and croissants and all of that. I'll just spray like Bath and Body Works down there every now and then. And they're like, damn it, they didn't smell it that time. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I felt some kind of presence down there. Yeah. I, I remember when I did the tour, they mentioned another ghost down there. And I feel like it had something to do with like wine being stored down there. But I could not find that story anywhere. And I looked Um, So when you go on the tour, there is another story, but I cannot remember it for the life of me. So let's go to my favorite kind of ghosts, the pet cemetery. Okay. (laughs) Because I love animals. I can't help it. So do I. I just proved it by holding Kendra's child's gecko. Yes, a little leopard gecko. And then I showed her a picture of me sitting on my brother's couch. I was holding a baby goat, a snake, and a bearded dragon was on my head. Yes, and I was We're not about to be held a tarantula. So I love everything. Animals are just <laughs> the sweetest. I think I like them more than people. Well, so, you I know, mean, they judge you truly. They're like, I just don't like you. I'm not going to call you right it's now. true. Let's get to it. The pet cemetery on the property was where the owners of the hotel and the caretakers would bury their beloved pets over the years. And guests have reported seeing ghosts of some of these animals wandering the property. So among them is a golden retriever named Cassie. Oh, she has to be a good one. And Cassie is said to still deliver newspapers. They've actually, they talk about this on the ghost tour as well. And people have heard her um, specifically in the lodge, because if you stay in the lodge, there's like outside doors. Um, People have reported to hear scratching at the doors, like a dog wanting to let them in. And they open the door and there's no dog anywhere around. So they think that's Cassie. (laughs) And then there's a white cat named Comanche. 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 That has also been seen. And you can see these little tombstones if you go to the pet cemetery. There wasn't a lot written about what Comanche does. I think she's she's a cat. So she's just wandering yeah. around and people see her and they're like, oh, there was a beautiful white cat. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we don't have a cat on property. That's yeah. Comanche. So yeah, you can visit the pet cemetery. I actually went there when I visited in the middle of the day. I guess I've been to the Stanley three times because I went for the ghost tour. Then you and I went. And then I also went there to visit Rocky Mountain National Park one day. We stopped in the middle of the day specifically because I wanted to see the pet cemetery because honestly, it feels a little creepy to go out there at night. It's quite a ways away from the hotel. You have to walk down a path. exactly when you're supposed to go though. I know. So is that where a pet cemetery comes from? So interestingly that you said that (laughs) funnily enough, um, The cemetery and ghost stories predate King's, uh, Stephen King's novel, Pet Cemetery. So this was not an inspiration for him. Oh. But maybe, maybe he saw it there. Yeah. But he's never come out and said that. But yes, in the the book by Stephen King, Pet Cemetery, the animals come back to life. But I don't think they're as kind as Cassie and Comanche. No, no. 
not. So, but that doesn't mean it doesn't inspire them to not be because he's like, well, I can't write a book about loving animals. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, to me, these are the ghosts I want to meet. Like, I want Cassie to show up and bring me my newspaper. Yeah. So that's all the ghosts that okay. are out there or the stories I did want to share. So I was looking for like more experiences from people who have gone to the Stanley as guests. And, mm-hmm. and there were some newspapers around the Fort Collins area, which isn't too far from Estes Park and Denver. And people asked for stories for people who had been to the Stanley Hotel. And so I just wanted to tell a few of those because I thought they were interesting. Cool. And Jessica, you know, you had your experience with your earring. I have not had one personally, so I need to visit the Stanley a few more times. That's where I'm at. You weren't ready. Maybe. I'm more open now. I'll make you more open. Yes. I think you're like the one that wants to be open. Yeah. But you haven't had enough experiences. But you're eager to, or like you're just more open to having it happen. I want to meet someone in the afterlife. Like I want to communicate. I mean, obviously my tarot reading said that, right? Maybe it's time. Maybe that's why you were brought into my life. It may be, but here's a, here's a quick thing. And I I feel like I need to say this. I don't know if anybody knows. I mean, we talked about how we met Mm -hmm. and that how quickly this podcast came together, but you're learning about us listeners just as we're learning about each other. Right. Because we don't know a lot about each other. I mean, we know what we need to know. We know that we work well together and that we can pull a podcast together in a few months. But we don't we've purposefully not not gone into detail about everything because we thought it would be better to like I want to uncover that on this podcast. We want to learn about each other the same time you're learning about us. We really do. And so we're like, you know what? Why are we, we, we can't talk about too much and you save it for the podcast. <laughs> it makes some, for some really awkward happy hours. <laughs> it does. It's like, so, okay, we can't talk about that. We can't, what is I'm a like, safe save that for the podcast. Let's talk about. But here's what's weird. It's never been weird between us. Not even no, during those times. Very just it's just easy. It's easy. Perfect. Mm-hmm. It's hard to make friends. Yes. At our age. It really um, is. And not have there be any sort of like judgment in some way. Mm-hmm. And when I met you, it, there's none. Yeah. It just like, clicked. I it's just, like I can tell Jessica anything and she's not going to be like, you're crazy or less. this is weird or. Yeah. I feel like I can totally be myself. Exactly. And now we're going to be ourselves in front of all of you guys. It's just that we have to hold off connecting with each other yes until we talk to you we want it to feel authentic and so you because guys we are know busy and be. i'm like if we're gonna talk throughout the week then sh- crap we'll have nothing to say that's true although i feel like we will never run out of things to say i don't think so either <laughs> as evidenced by how long our first two podcasts have been yes okay <laughs> so i'm gonna read a couple of stories this lady was from fort collins and she said there were definitely children in our room also an older man with a mustache I wonder which guy that was, was lurking in the corner of my room in the middle of a night. I'm thinking Dunraven. She didn't say what room she stayed in. Okay. Another woman, she came from out of town and she said she stayed at the Stanley for an educators conference and she kept hearing something like a remote control car in the room next door and she said it happened all night. So I don't, I'm trying Hmm. to think of what that noise sounds like. Anyway, she went to the front desk in the morning and she was like, it was really loud. It kept me up at night. And the front desk said that room's empty. Mm-mm. Nobody was there last night. So a remote control car. I mean, it could have just been a wind up, whatever. It could have been Yeah, like something from mm-hmm. back in the days. Like yeah. a little yeah. A little I'm toy guessing for a little a, boy. A child yeah. playing. 
girl. Another one was she said we were walking around the hotel and my daughter had a fairly big strand of hair just go completely horizontal. She said her hair was wet, so it couldn't have just been like a static electricity. Thing. I was about to say that. I'm like, that happens. Like she's had a big strand, so I don't know. A chunk. I'm thinking a chunk of hair just went okay. up. So that's kind of weird, right? Yeah, that is weird. Okay. Dunraven loves playing with women's hair. Could have been him. It could have been him. Uh, someone else said their can of hairspray kept moving off the bathroom sink. They're like, that's toxic. Stop it. What would they be doing <laughs> with that? Don't know. Starting a fire. Ghosts don't need to spray their hair. For a lighten burger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a family on a hotel tour snapped a picture on the stairs. And this is another one that I'm going to add to the Instagram because I think it's really interesting. They said... So this was a day tour where they were able to go up the grand staircase and they said there were no little girls on the tour. But in the picture, there is a little girl and she's wearing a little white dress mm. in the picture. So I'll add that to Instagram and you can decide for yourself. OK. Another one that has picture proof at this moment is a visitor uh, was outside and they looked up to the fourth floor and they could see a woman and it looked like just a woman hanging out and looking out the curtains. They took a picture because this woman looked once again, kind of old timey and they showed it to the hotel workers and they couldn't explain it because that was actually a time when that part of the hotel had been closed off to do reconstruction on the rooms. It doesn't say what floor. I believe it was the fourth floor. I do have these pictures. We'll add them to the Instagram. You can decide for yourself. These are well published out there. So I have the picture of the woman at the top of the stairs that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And then these two. And then I have Lucy from the basement. So four of them. I need to go meet Lucy and ask her, where, what time are you from? Nobody knows you. I want to tell your story. (laughs) (laughs) So... To wrap this episode up, I just wanted to say, you know, the Stanley Hotel, it is listed right now on the National Register of Historic Places today. It does, like I said, have 140 rooms, so you are able to stay there. If you don't want to stay in the main building, they have built some, you know, more modern apartment style residences that Mm -hmm. you can stay in. And uh, there's actually expansive condominiums they've added where if you want to stay for, you know, months at a time, you can. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't afford a night at the Stanley. They do have lots of restaurants. They have a bar. You can go in the hotel at any time. Uh, you are not able to go everywhere, but you can go in the main lobby. You can see the grand staircase. You can Can't go, go on the, the outside. Staircase. You can go to the pet cemetery. You can go to mm-hmm. the hedge maze. You can go to the gardens and you can take a tour. Uh, they have daytime historic tours and then they have the night tour, like I mentioned in the mm-hmm. ghost tour. And they just started a new tour called the shine. It's a shining theme tour. And that one, they actually took one of the cottages and set it up as a scene I think oh. from the original movie so now that was just added I know so I wasn't able to cottages. do that one last time yeah another little tidbit is there is a channel in the Stanley Hotel on all the TVs oh, that yes, plays The yes, Shining I heard about this non-stop so yeah. when you stay there you can but watch both. The Shining it's not just the movie they also play the TV series do it's they back. okay yeah it's I like uh alternated None of those tours, like I said before, will allow you into the guest room. So you will need to book. If you go on their website to book, they have a whole separate section called Spirited Rooms. And that's where you can choose to stay in one of those rooms that I mentioned before on the fourth floor or room 217. There is a television screen outside of the tour office that features ghosts that have been caught on camera by tour guests. And that's really fun to look at. I checked that out when I was there last time. 
Also, the concert hall now serves as a venue for many bands go there, comedians go there. They actually have a seance there now. Our very first live show there. I love that idea. (laughs) Whenever it happens in life, in 10 years, (laughs) hopefully sooner. October is a great time if you want to go to the Stanley and you want to have some creepy stuff. They present, they call it the Twin Terror Weekends. (laughs) They actually have a murder mystery dinner you can attend. Oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. They have something called the Shining Ball, which I really want to go to. Yeah, we're going to have to do that. You have to dress up to go. And then they also have the Halloween masquerade party. See? And they also do a New Year's masquerade. They ball do so too. many fun events up there. They do so many things, there. but that's so cool. And it sells out fast. And I will uh, say their website is www.stanleyhotel.com. And that's where you would go to either book a tour. I think the tour is around like 25 to $40, depending on what you choose. And they're all times of the day. They're all times of the day. Yeah. But I highly recommend the ghost tour because it's fun at night. Yeah. During the day, you can go up the staircase, but they don't let you into the guest rooms. No, ever, of course so not. I think a lot of people go there hoping to there see that. to do that. Yeah. Yes. But the new Shining In tour sounds pretty cool. Room. So. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you have to book... I guess that if you're on room. the second floor, you can walk by you it. You can't just like knock and be like, I know you're in 217 and you've waited five years for this, but let me in. And they're like, <laughs> I paid $1,500. No. Out. <laughs> so yeah, that's the Stanley Hotel. I loved I, it. I hope it you guys so enjoyed it. I just wanted to share the legacy of Freeland Stanley and get to know him and then all the fun ghosty stuff. I did a lot of research here. I hope I brought you, you know, the I most accurate information i'll put sources all of that in the show notes and thank you for listening thank you for listening so there we are we're done with our second episode holy moly it was a long one it's not 1 30 in the morning it's so not. we're already ahead of where we were last time yay your first episode how does it feel to be done with that so good i was nervous coming in sorry your first research topic. my first yes yes it feels good to have my first episode done and And we hope you guys are along for the ride. And I wanted to add in there, I meant to, when I was wrapping up Stanley, we would love to hear any stories from those of you who might have been to the Stanley. Share. We'd love to hear it. And we are hoping to incorporate some stories of yours. We are still figuring out what that name will be, but we will be incorporating that into our podcast. I mean, we could just call it stories, but you know. We want something catchy. Catchy something. Fun. But yes, Stanley, anything and taking it back, you know, an episode or two lucid dreaming. If you have lucid dreaming yes. stories, I don't know if we asked. For I don't that think we specifically did. That's before, great. But any lucid dreaming stories, astral projection, anything you want to talk about. Oh, that, that brings me to something. What? Actually, so we talked about Morbid in the first episode. I was looking at their most recent release today. OK. And it's so ironically about it's a listener stories episode too oh but it's so ironically about dreams like lucid dreams or like i don't know if it's specifically i haven't been able to listen to it yet but it's like dreams astral projection stuff like that crazy and i'm like but we just recorded this (laughs) well how i take it is the world is waking up a little bit we're able to talk about different things this is who we are and we're going to put it out there I still don't know when these episodes are coming out. Honestly, it's the editing and it's the social and we don't want to do it badly because we do want to be here. And just please have some compassion for us when these do come out. Yes. (laughs) Because we want to keep doing this and we will. But 
we'll go ahead and end on putting out our socials real quick. Yes, definitely. Okay. So we have Facebook and Instagram, TikTok. Just go follow these, please. If you don't see much there yet, we're going to build them. We're um, working on it, guys. We're working on it. We want to give you good content there, too. They're all Lucid Lab podcast. So just straight Lucid Lab podcast. Our website is lucidlabpodcast.com. And then our email is lucidlabpodcast at gmail.com. And that's where we want to hear from all of you. We yes. do have a P.O. Box. Just in case you want to send us anything, it's P.O. Box 251 East Lake, Colorado 80614. Send those stories and we can't wait to hear them. Or anything. <laughs> or yeah, just give us feedback. Oh yeah, and we have a Patreon. Please, oh, please yes. help us. Please help us. <laughs> it's cool to have some followers and yeah, we to see where we're going to take community us. up, like we said before. Yeah. There's more to this than money for us. It's really about like having that community of people who are interested in the same things we are and want to hear more and, and help us bring this content to you guys. What do we say, guys? Yeah. How are we closing this? We're still working on that. But I think we... I mean, you were uh, 55 the other day. How old are you now? I'm 55. Oh, today <laughs> I am going to try and be a little younger. Okay. I won't tell you all how young. I'm definitely not. Early 40s. I'll be 55 or sooner than I want to be. You look really <laughs> young right now, actually. She thank has you. a young face. Well, thank you guys. Sorry. Thank we're you so rambling much for listening to we us. Just, we just love you guys, even though you don't know us yet. <laughs> but you know what? I'm thinking of the people who are going to find us at even like three years from now. Yeah. Or like, I want to start from the beginning because I'm putting it out there. Hello, you three years from now. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. We're glad you're here. And we love you. And in the meantime, so, stay lucid. Bye. Bye, everyone.